We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sixth Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Silvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Sixth Man Show. Today is October 27th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Silvia. Luke, the Magic are 0-5. What's going on? Uh, Yeah, well, in that regard, I'm not great, you know. Uh, But other than that, I, I can't complain. But in my personal life, it's good. But unfortunately, the Magic bleed into my personal life. So it is unfortunate. It's, uh, it, it's not great. I can't lie to you. 0-5, like you said. Um, We won't get into it in depth right now, but I, I believe that... The worst start in franchise history is the 90-91 season where the Magic started out 0-6. And I believe they went on to go 31-51 and that season, which is it bad that right now that doesn't sound terrible to me? I don't know. I'm just, I'm in shock and definitely wasn't expecting to start 0-5. Thought, you know, maybe 2-3, and like maybe 1-4 and at this point. Like, obviously, you take a look at the schedules, like, all right, we should win the first game against Detroit. Looking back, we still should have won that game. We've still been competitive in most of each of the first five games. Like you, you get beat up pretty badly by the Knicks, but you know it's it's five. You know, four minutes ago, you're down by five tonight against the Cavs. We're recording this Wednesday night after the loss to the Cavs, and we'll break all of that down. But yeah, I mean, we'll, I think we'll have just kind of like a big picture of the Magic right now, like what they're struggling with, which is seemingly everything. But yeah, man, as exciting as it is to have guys like Paolo and Franz right now, especially with so many guys out, it feels like that's all we have. And that, to me, is what has been kind of deflating because we expected other guys to kind of pick up where they left off last year, and that hasn't totally happened. I want to take a quick second here. I know a lot of you have seen this on social media, uh, but the Orlando Magic uh, have partnered with Copper Craft Distillery uh, to do this limited edition 407 bourbon. Um, there's only 407 of these bottles. We have number 81 here. So a big shout out uh, to the Orlando Magic for this gift here. Uh, we posted to our social media, to uh, Instagram, and also to Twitter. You can find a list of all of the fine uh, retailers in the Central Florida area that are 
currently carrying those. They are going fast. Some people are picking up two, three bottles. People so are going definitely get out there and get yours. This one is staying sealed until the Magic win a title. I'm not a big drinker. Like I might have like a beer every now and then. Uh, I definitely don't drink a lot of whiskey, but I promise you I will be sipping on this once the Magic win a title. God knows how long that might be. My, my grandkids might have to crack this does, for me when I'm dead feel- and gone. I don't know. It does feel funny that that you know that's you're having to say that in the same breath of like we're on five, so you know yeah. that's is it is what it is. But uh, I don't know also if sipping would be the word either uh, for when the Magic win a championship and we crack open that bottle. But I'm gonna get know. a taste of it and then I'll probably like you know navigate to to something a little bit easier on me. Whiskey just makes my whole n- mouth numb. I'm not, I've never been a whiskey drinker. Um, I much prefer, like if I'm going to drink a, a cocktail, I always go like gray goose or, you know, Tito's, I go like the vodka route, not, not a big whiskey guy. So yes, I will be sipping on it. And I have to have a, a, a taste of it because we did wait until, you know, we cracked it and it was 84,000 years. So 84,000 year old bottle of whiskey should taste pretty good. I would imagine. So we'll have to, we'll have to try that out, uh, eventually. I know a lot of you, I know why you're here. Uh, we know why you are in our Patreon now. You're waiting to hear the results of the giveaway. We're going to get to that in just a moment here. We have so much Orlando Magic basketball stuff to get to. We want to get some of these uh, you know, more uh, formal uh, items kind of out of the way. So a lot of patrons to shout out. Uh, the response to you know the, the giveaway was honestly really, really great. Um, a ton, like I said, a ton of new patrons. I, I just want to shout out a couple folks really quickly. Uh, we have Julio, who's been a patron of ours for a long time. We went from the $5 per month to the $10 per month um, this week. Big shout out to Julio. And then uh, Rafael Perez, who joined the Patreon not that long ago. And he said, you know what? I'm giving these guys $5 per month, uh, but it's not enough. I want to give them $10 per month. So a big, big thank you uh, to Rafael. Again, if you guys haven't heard, we do have a Patreon channel now. If you want to help financially support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the sixth man show. And then in terms of new patrons, which we shout out our brand new patrons every single week, I'm going to go ahead right now and shout out Billy Roberts, Timothy Destin for Greatness, who not only is he a new patron, but he came through with the $10 annual. He went the full year with us. Really, really appreciate that. Destined for Greatness. Uh, Caleb Pete, Zachary K. Our boy Cannibalism, also the entire year. Interesting name, you know, especially with the Dahmer series that just came out not that long ago. Very interesting tag there. Uh, but our boy Cannibalism went the $100 the whole year. So thank you so much. Again, if you guys go annual, you get a 15% discount on your Patreon membership for the entire year. Our, our boy Ty, Mr. TV, has been a supporter of the show for a long time. Big Al, a.k.a. Magic to the Moon. I don't know about that, Big Al, but uh, we're, we're trying out here. Uh, Brandon Grace, Laurent Valles Jr., Chad3045, again, Julio, Joe Rothfuss, uh, Buck, Buck Flake, I think that is, uh, he's meaning something else there, Young Flashlight, <laughs> very interesting name, Ryan Casey, John Molino, Paul McKinty, Randall Moses, Alex Horvath, kind of a B-Dill, ESPN really sucks, they do, we'll talk more about that in a little bit here, uh, Gear95 Shred, Sergio Diaz and Dalton Duncan. Those are all of our new patrons this week. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate that. I'm going to throw it to Luke, who is going to shout out our Hall of Fame to your patrons. Yeah, we'll go ahead with that here. Uh, Shout out Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tullo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Bailey, 
Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Salapong, Franz Goaded for Show, Ryan Singh, The Distract, Luke's Mom, I'm Ron Burgundy, Pierre A, Migzors, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, Donnelly, Goaty93, Teddy Sylvia, shout out my mom, Breadhead, Brian Leggins, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Ligon, uh, Jose Esquilin, Des 10 for greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism. I'm hoping you tell us and correct us on that uh, pronunciation. Uh, but until then, Cannibalism, Brandon Grace, Chad 3045, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN really sucks, Gear 95 Shred. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. So we announced this last week, Luke, that we were doing this kind of Patreon giveaway to give back to our patrons, the people that help financially support the show and really help us do everything that we do and just really make us you know, make the show better. So we're giving away a signed Tracy McGrady jersey to the first place winner. And then to the second place winner, we're giving away tickets to the Hornets game coming up on this Friday, October 28th. Uh, tickets to the the Kings game on November 5th. Obviously, that's in Orlando. And then we're giving away a statement jersey um, of their choice. You know, whichever player, whatever they wanted to say on the jersey, we're going to go ahead and hook that up. So should I do the first place first or should I do second place first? How are you feeling, Luke? Let's do second place first and then the second grand finale first. winner. All right. The winner of the second place prize. Again, so you get tickets to the Hornets game this Friday, 1028. And then the the home game versus the Kings coming up on November 5th. And then you get a statement jersey of your choice, whoever you want on that jersey, what size you want, just go ahead and let us know. That is going to tie Mr. TV. Congratulations. Thanks so much for joining the patron. And then, drum roll, please. Uh, the first place prize, the signed Tracy McGrady jersey, is going to uh, one of our guys who's been a patron for a pretty long time. It is going to... A, B, C, D, Eduardo. Congratulations. Uh, make sure to hit us up. Give us all of your shipping information, and we'll go ahead and get that out to you as soon as possible. If you did not win, uh, this is not going to be the last giveaway that we do. It's not going to be the last Patreon giveaway that uh, we're going to do. So, uh, But you all helping with the Patreon allows us to do really cool stuff like this. We gave away a Shaq jersey. We gave away a T-Mac jersey, a Statement jersey, some Magic tickets. I don't know how we're going to top this, Luke. I don't know that we can. Um, but next time will be a super awesome giveaway as well. So again, just thank you all so much. I mean, you know, you think about it, Jonathan, you had, we had a ton of new patrons that wanted to end on the giveaway. A lot of them really said, you know, I've been listening for a while. Um, some of them said, I'll admit, you know, it's, it's for the Jersey. Like that's why I'm a patron now. But a lot of them said, you know, I've just been supporting for a while. I, you know, I want to continue supporting you guys how I can figured it was about time to, to do that. You know, the more patrons we get, Jonathan, the bigger these giveaways can get. And I'm just dreaming here. And you you let me know what you think about this. When the time comes, the Magic or, you know, pivotal playoff situation, who knows? We have enough patrons. Maybe we, we get a little uh, little giveaway for, like, two playoff tickets. Now, I don't know where they'll be it's in the stadium the realm of in, possibilities. The, in the arena, but also that depends on how many patrons we have. So when that time comes... Really, we can't do this without, you know, you guys, like Jonathan said, the prizes only get bigger and better as we are able to um, continue to do those things as you guys support the show. 
um, we put everything back into the show. And, and so we are, are grateful for you guys and happy that we're able to uh, do our first real successful, you know, giveaway like this. I don't want to promise too much. Cause like I said, like for me as a magic fan, these are two of the best prizes I think that we could you know, possibly give away the last couple, you know, last few weeks here. So, but we'll, we'll figure something out. Like, like we said, you know, we really appreciate you guys and want to continue to, to give back to you guys. So we'll think of something. I, I got some ideas up here in the old, uh, you know, the old, the old chamber. So uh, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see what we can do. Luke, I'm mad. Let's talk about the state of the magic right now. So uh, last we checked in, we were 0 and 3. We are now 0 and 5, which is the worst record in the league. Let's go. Uh, on the season, the Magic have an offensive rating of 105, which is good for 28th in the league. They have a defensive rating of 113.5, which ranks 19th in the league. Their overall net rating is negative 8.4, which is good for 28th in the league. Uh, however, they are 10th in free throw rate. Shout out to Paolo Bancaro. Uh, Jalen, Markel, Jonathan Isaac, Gary Harris, Mo Wagner all remain out. Uh, n- none of those guys obviously have any uh, timetables for their return. Before we talk about the Knicks game, before we talk about the Cavs game, something was released today, Luke. And this is, other than the loss today, this made me more mad today than anything. Uh, The NBA Central tweeted out that NBA, quote-unquote, insiders vote on the best-managed teams in the NBA via ESPN, and the Magic were ranked dead last. Now, This annoys me for a couple of reasons. One, because the Sacramento Kings haven't made the playoffs for 20-plus years, so it just doesn't make any sense to me in how they could possibly be managed better uh, than the Orlando Magic. The Washington Wizards, who have been just really pathetic the last few years, they have arguably the worst contract in the league uh, with Bradley Beal uh, that they signed an extension to this past offseason. But as you just look through the rankings here, like you've got the Miami Heat, the Toronto Raptors, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Bucks, the Grizzlies, the 76ers, the Oklahoma City are eighth. Then the Nuggets, then the Phoenix Suns. Down towards the bottom, you know, you've got the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, uh, you know, teams like the Houston Rockets. I think my biggest issue with this list, Luke, is just the lack of consistency. To me, saying the Orlando Magic, you're looking at the last. You know, 10 or so years since Dwight Howard left, the Magic have been the worst team in the league over that span, right? If you look at it in the short term, however, so have the Oklahoma City Thunder the last few years been one of the worst teams in the league. They're ranked eighth. Again, if we're kind of looking at this in the short term, the Phoenix Suns, you know, they went to the finals a couple of years ago. They're ranked 10th. But the Los Angeles Lakers, who won a title three seasons ago, are ranked 20th. So as we're looking through this, there's just no rhyme or reason. There's no uh, clear criteria for what is a good managed team or a bad managed team, length of time, recent wins, recent playoff success. There's no consistency anywhere on this list. And to me, it just seems like you start going through what you think are the best managed teams in the league. You completely forget about the Orlando Magic. And at the end, you're like, oh, I guess we should just put the Magic here because we don't want to redo the entire list. It's just another chapter in the fact ESPN is ridiculous. Hashtag abolish national basketball media. I hate you. I hope you just disappear. Luke, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like you said, right? It just seems like the magic were an afterthought in this. I I really don't know how you are able to say that the, the Kings are better managed. Like that is my one thing that like, 
it just doesn't make sense, right? If I have to nitpick and I have, I'm a big, like, if you want to replace something, you have to say who you're going to replace with. I'm taking the magic out of that last spot and I'm putting the Kings in that last spot. They are worse than the magic in, in, in terms of being managed. They're not great on the court this season already as well. Um, I don't know how the Warriors aren't number one on this like managed list. I mean, you look at the Warriors and the pieces they've been able to keep together. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know how the Heat are are number one in terms of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. I think you pretty much covered everything there, but that's just where I'm at. I mean, as a Magic fan, everybody listening, if you're listening to this, you're probably a Magic fan. You get it. This isn't the first time that that we've been disrespected by national media and it's going to continue until the magic uh can finally surface themselves as uh one of the at least competent on the court products in the league so you know whatever at this point i'm not i'm not as fired up about it as you are just because i have so far dismissed um any of that stuff like it, it it's whatever to me at this point and it's it's ridiculous obviously but you know i won't lose sleep well I'm not going to leave any lose any sleep over either, just because I I just don't really like value their opinions. I just take all these like kind of things personal because it's it's just like if you're going to put on the facade that you cover all the teams, then actually cover all the teams. Like we know that there's no you know, ESPN beat writer that covers the Orlando Magic. We know that for a fact. So don't like have these conversations where you are trying to like fairly and uh, accurately rank like these different teams like it, it really in any regard they, I just don't think ESPN has any business talking about the magic because they've proven time and time again that they have no idea what they're talking about and I don't mean for this to drag on but like if we talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder and what they've done the last 10 years you just completely flopped your core of Kevin Durant Russell Westbrook James Harden Serge Ibaka that's why you're tanking year over year over year everybody want, wants to talk about how great Sam Presti is and you know flipping all these guys Right now, they have nothing to show for it. For the most part, they've been just as bad as the Orlando Magic. So how they're eighth, that just doesn't make any sense to me because they have five billion first-round picks over the next however many years. It's just, yeah, just no consistency to this list. Our new patron said it best. ESPN really sucks. Let's move on. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Luke, Monday night, the Orlando Magic were in New York City to take on the Knicks. It also happened to be Cole Anthony's mother's birthday. If you remember last season, the Magic played in Madison Square Garden again on Cole Anthony's mother's birthday. 
Cole Anthony played really well. The Orlando Magic went on to a victory. Um, that was not the case in this one. The Magic lose 115 uh, to 102. The issues uh, just with rebounding, with the, the zone defense that the Magic have been playing, the inability uh, to hit from behind the arc, uh, all reared their ugly heads in this one as, again, the Magic's offense just really, really struggled if it wasn't directly going through Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro. Uh, and guys like Julius Randle, uh, Mitchell Robinson just really gave the Magic issues on the glass. Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle, especially on the offensive glass. Throw Isaiah Hartenstein in there again, too. I know uh, he was a free agency target of ours uh, in the offseason, at least in our discussions, you and I. Never really had any real links to the Magic, but uh, yeah, he you know made our backup center not look great. So frustrating loss uh, against the Knicks, Luke. What was your uh, main takeaways from Monday night? I think what is the most frustrating is just that efficient. Usually, when there's a loss, like you're able to point it to efficiencies mainly, right? You're able to say, you know, we didn't shoot the ball well, and we didn't. But on the flip side. We shot seven of 35 from three. The Knicks shot 11 of 37. There's not too much discrepancy. Like the, but neither team shot the ball exceptionally well. Uh, Magic shoot roughly 42% from the field. Knicks shoot 46% from the field. Um, the Magic get to the free throw line, two more, you know, shoot two more free throws than the Knicks. We shoot better from the free throw line, 85% to their 72. But where you can start to see the little things that the Magic are doing incorrectly come into place. It's as simple as not finding your man and boxing out. The Magic get route rebounded 50 to 41, but the kicker was that the Knicks had 18 offensive rebounds. They're just too many. It's too many, and I get it. Mitchell Robinson is a monster. Julius Randle was great on the boards as well. And then the final thing that was an issue for the Magic was just ball movement. Magic had 14 assists to the Knicks 24 assists in this game and you saw it from the jump of the game and that was the first thing that I was saying to myself when I'm watching the game is there's zero ball movement you've got guys standing around nobody's even cutting which is pretty uncharacteristic for some of these guys on the team as we know like such as Franz Wagner not to call him out but he is someone who is known to be a cutter and at the beginning of that game it just looked there was no flow or rhythm to be even established there was you know you you had you know Cole Anthony with the ball, you know, just dribbling up at the wing and nothing else going on. It was just so much of that, of just standing around. And it seems to be a common theme, um, but it was very apparent from the beginning of that game in MSG. So I went back after the the loss uh, Monday night and I watched every Knicks offensive rebounding. I would say probably like three or four of them were just like, effects of running the zone and just like pulling guys away from the basket. But like 14 or 15 of those 18 offensive rebounds are guys just like a shot goes up and you're just, you're hoping and praying the ball is going to bounce directly to you. You're not turning and getting your body on a man like Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randall and Isaiah Hartenstein are just like, frankly, outworking our guys. Like you're, you're not in good position. You're hoping the ball is coming. You're not going and getting the rebound. As much as we want to talk about as incredible as Paolo Bancaro has been, for me, I think that's really where like he has he has room for the most growth right now is as a rebounder. I know it, I think it was the the second game. Um, I think it was against Atlanta where he had like twelve rebounds, and we're like, oh wow, this dude like twenty and twelve. I think it was against Atlanta. Um, 
But yeah, like just plenty of times where he's just not getting a body on a guy right now. And he's a rookie. He's going to grow. He's going to get better at that. But like even Wendell Carter Jr., you know, who, who we thought, you know, might be like a 16 and 12, 17 and 12 kind of guy this year. I'm definitely not looked the same Wendell and his rebounding numbers aren't atrocious, but it's like, Wendell, you, you know, better than this man. Like you have to get a body on either Julius Randall or, or, um, Mitchell Robinson, whoever you're matched up against on that possession. It's, it's just stuff like that. That's like the magic are going to struggle, you know, scoring the ball at times. We know that like you give the ball to Franz, you give the ball to Paolo and they're just trying to make things happen. I feel pretty good about that. Everything else I'm super uncertain about whether or not the ball is going to yeah. go in currently. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to add like Mitchell Robinson, the crazy part and the really a testament to how badly the magic were on the defensive glass. Mitchell Robinson had six rebounds. Number one, it felt like he had 30. And of those six rebounds, five of them were offensive. Five offensive rebounds and one defensive rebound. Julius Randle had four offensive rebounds and eight defensive rebounds. And then Hartenstein, there was barely a discrepancy between offensive and defensive. He had four offensive and five defensive rebounds. So just like inexcusable that these guys are rebounding almost better. And for in Mitchell Robinson's case, much better. Five times as better on the offensive glass than he was on the defensive boards. Like it, it, it is it was truly ridiculous and so frustrating to see that the magic would get a stop and it would just be, it, it would be the point would be moot. Like that effort would be moot because you're giving up something so easy on the offensive glass. It's just ridiculous. And Mitchell Robinson only ending up you know, with six rebounds. You know, like you said, one of those being defensive is incredible given the fact that the magic missed 50 shots. <laughs> so like, and, and other thing is like there. We, we talked about this specifically after the Detroit game. It's not only that they're like offensive rebounds is they're coming at like the most inopportune, yeah. like back breaking ways, like where you played a great possession defensively. And then because you didn't box out they're they're getting the, the ball back and, and, and laying it back in. So just really unfortunate. But like, again, like looking at this game, you've got Paolo, you know, 21.6 of 13 Franz 14, five of 15 from the floor. Not great. Uh, just in terms of efficiency, Wendell seventeen. It did feel like this was like a better Wendell game. Seventeen and eleven, five of ten from the floor. But just like looking like down the line, like thank God for Bull Bull. Nineteen points in twenty minutes. By the way, like wow, we were we were so wrong about Bull Bull, and I'm I'm happy to admit that like, we didn't even think this guy was going to be in the rotation. Yeah. And five games in, he's been our third best player. I, I don't even think that that's a it's not like a head and shoulders better than let's say like Wendell is probably fourth. Maybe Terrence is fourth. I don't know. Terrence had some good games, but bowl like to me has been our third best player and just did not see that coming. No, but it, it's you, you been, shoot seven to 35 from the three point line. It's not going to be enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to touch on bowl, like, like you said, completely wrong. There might be people out there that are like, Oh, I'm just not, I'm not ready. Right. Like I, I, I've seen I, I was low on bowl. I'm just not to the point. If you were as low on bowl as I was and as Jonathan was, you've seen enough. I was a little higher. Just you were a little record, higher. Slightly you were, higher. Slightly you were higher. Slightly higher. I was very much on the side of, you know, I don't think that this guy's going to even get minutes. I'm glad that he is. Um, 
there's some of the shots that he takes. And I'm like, it's very weird with ball because he either makes it look very easy or it is one of the worst misses that I've ever seen. Like, it's like, I, this guy, I don't want this guy shooting anymore, but then he makes the, like a, a, a bank three, like he did against New York. He has a, uh, a, a huge, you know, a big three pointer against Cleveland, um, you know, tonight or yesterday, as you guys are listening to this, like he is definitely an, an enigma still for me, but I am, I am much more intrigued than I was before the season started. Like, I don't even know that like an, an enigma is fair. Cause like he's actually playing well, mm. you know, like it, it's, it's crazy, but it's like, we look good with bowl on the floor. Yeah. I guess and he's the, yeah. doing like crazy things. It's like, like, I expected yeah. him to be really polarizing. Like he'd either be great or some nights he would just be terrible. And it's like, no, he's just consistently good and like continues to make impacts. Like I think coming into tonight's game, he was like third in the league in block shots. Mm. With definitely not third in the league in minutes, that's for sure. No. That's the crazy part of it for sure. And yeah, Bull's been a bright spot. Bull and Paolo. And then honestly, until tonight, Franz really wasn't one for me like he was just trying to still find his own and was really struggling efficiency wise struggled again against Cleveland and in terms of from the three-point line but from the field like until tonight he really wasn't a bright spot but after tonight it's it's pretty blatantly clear like you're looking at Bull, Paolo and and Franz as like your your uh, knight in shining armors for for the magic right now and that's saying a lot for a team that is 0-5 again can't shoot the ball against the Knicks you can't stop them from getting offensive rebounds. Like Luke alluded to, you're not moving the ball well. Just a recipe for a disaster. But let's go ahead and, and talk about uh, you know, the, the bright spot from uh, the, the two games so far, uh, the, the game against Cleveland. Uh, I, if you can't tell, I'm being sarcastic. But uh, the Magic lose 92-103 to against the Cavs tonight in Cleveland. Uh, I mean, Paolo Bancaro. Fifth straight game, I think he's the third number one overall pick in history. We've been talking about these guys, Elvin Hayes and Oscar Robertson, uh, being the other guys uh, to start all five games of you know their career. Number one overall pick, twenty plus games or twenty points per game. Ex- excuse me, I should say twenty plus points per game. Twenty nine points on nineteen shots tonight for Paolo Bancaro. Uh, the rebounding tonight, honestly, Luke wasn't really the issue uh, for me. It no. was the three point shooting and. For us, three-point shooting for the Cavs being really good. And, uh, yeah, just outside of Franz, Paolo, Bull, Bull, you just weren't getting much offensively tonight. Yeah, the one thing I learned tonight, Jonathan, is that Evan Mobley is still an alien to me. You talk about Bull, Bull, obviously, in his own right, an alien. Evan Mobley is like, I don't know. I, I would trust him every time he touches the ball, to be quite honest. Like this guy just seems to get it. The The game has completely slowed down for him. It already did last year, um, obviously. But 9 of 15, 22 points. Uh, obviously, you would like something to be desired on the, on the rebounding side from him tonight. But Jared Allen made sure that that wasn't an issue with his 16 rebounds. So... It's just it's it truly is crazy. Jared Allen had uh, seven uh, rebounds offensively tonight. It just kind of continues to rear its head in terms of just not being able to get stuff on the glass. Um, 
wasn't great. Like offensively, it was better, much better than against the Knicks. And Magic had 10 offensive rebounds. Cavs had 12. But t- tonight, it was turnovers. You had 17 turnovers. Um, you looked great in the paint in the first half. And then shout out to uh, Bickerstaff in that second half. Really made some adjustments, clearly. Because the Magic end up outscoring the Cavs in the paint only by eight. Whereas in the first half, it was a much greater margin at that point. So they did a lot better job filling the paint, making the Magic actually you know take and try to make three-point shots. Magic shoot 25%. Again, there wasn't a huge discrepancy in terms of efficiency. Magic shoot 25%. The Cavs shoot 30%. It Magic did an okay job getting to the free throw line, right? Like 21 attempts. Cavs get there 30 times, though. Um, rebounding is virtually the same. I, I don't know, man. It was it, it felt like with even five minutes ago, the Magic had a very real shot of winning this game. And it just comes down to the fact that the Magic just, once again, as a young team with a lot of injured players, cannot finish the job that they've you know seemingly is in their hands. So it's a good Cavs team. It's a great Cavs team. Magic have just run into these buzz saws of teams in the first five games, which doesn't help. You're on the road. There's just a long, long list of what is contributing to these losses piling up, but much of the same in Cleveland, honestly. Yeah, I mean, so they hit 10 threes. I just went and looked at the shot chart for the game. Eight of their 10 threes were wide open corner threes, yep. which like to me just like cannot happen. It's, and it was clearly schemed that way. You can see like, you know, especially Donovan Mitchell has the ball in his hands. He's gonna get back, like get past any of the guards that we were playing tonight. Whether it's Cole, whether it's Terrence, you know, Kavon Harris, like got in there and, and helped a little bit. But I mean, Donovan Mitchell just fourteen points tonight. Um, but like, how many assists for him? Eight assists. I would I would venture to guess probably at least four or five of those were those skip passes wide open to the corner, and uh, we just refused to make that adjustment like the entire game. Whoever was helping on that side was supposed to be helping on that corner man. You see them with at least one. A lot of times it was both feet in the paint. And we just don't have guys that are going to like be able to close out that fast. Like it was most of the time, I think tonight it was either uh, Paolo or Franz. You know, both of those guys can move pretty well for their size, uh, but are not guys that are going to close out to the corner like super, super quickly. So that was just frustrating because it felt like in that first half, if you're not giving up those corner threes, it felt like we could have had like a significant halftime lead. Like at least that's how it felt to me. And then in the the second half, like you're you're kind of just like hanging in there. And Paolo Bancaro, who was incredible in the fourth quarter, it's like he's playing really well in the fourth. And then all of a sudden, we decide to take the ball out of his hands. Where it seemed like for a good stretch there, I mean, he had you know a couple of threes in the second half, but it just felt like every time he touched the ball, he was either getting right to the rim or he was at the free throw line. And maybe he was winded. Sure, we're just asking so much of this kid. I mean, again, another game tonight where he played basically 37 minutes. When was the last time you saw somebody playing 37 minutes for the Magic, especially a rookie in his first week and a half in the NBA? We're asking so much of this kid. So maybe he needed a breather. But, man, you went away from Paolo those last couple of minutes there, and we couldn't generate anything offensively. And it really, right now, it's either on Paolo or it's on Franz to fabricate something for you, whether it's a shot for themselves, whether it's an open look for someone else. But if they're not touching the ball, it feels like we can't do anything. And that is a massive problem. Yeah, 
It, it's a it's absolutely an issue. The one thing that I will say, just to kind of shed some light on a, a good part of tonight, Paolo Bancaro shooting the three ball looked really good shooting the three ball when he was making them, right? Like he had uh, one or two air balls. I, I don't remember, but three of five though. I mean, I'm never going to be mad at that. I, I don't care how bad you miss if you're going three of five from the three point line, but just awesome to see him, you know, with as much as he has struggled from the three point line to start the season tells you his confidence is obviously still intact, just willing to shoot those threes and big situations and momentum swinging situations had, a, I believe, uh, a dribble step back tonight, I want to say as well, just looked super confident. I think it says a lot. I think it says a lot to me just because he's doing this against teams that are respectable, right? Like, we know this. We know how good he is. But just the confidence that just exudes from him against these teams, like the Cavs, who are young, great teams, who honestly, I hope the Magic are able to kind of copy a trajectory. Um, if I if what happens with them se- this season you know, happens what I think will happen with them. Um, you know, it, it's, it is encouraging to, to see Paolo do that. And, you know, you can't say enough about him. Like you said, carrying the workload as a rookie, 37 minutes, continuously working and not shying away from shooting the ball. Um, it's, he's been truly incredible to watch. The one that was crazy to me was in the fourth where he like, head faked Mobley and Mobley yeah. kind of blows by him and he has like kind of like the almost double clutch. Yeah. And it was, it was just nothing but net. So we know that he hasn't been incredibly efficient from behind the arc through the first five games, but you can, you see the flashes and you're like, okay, like this is repeatable. Like we can get somewhere we can work with this. So like, that's been super encouraging again. Like for me, like the biggest thing with Paolo right now is just like in terms of rebounding, he just has to have better positioning. I, I don't know if, it's being schemed that way. We're like, we're just not putting bodies on guys for some reason. Uh, but again, like you alluded to the fact, you know, Jared Allen tonight, seven offensive rebounds. Like we just can't have stuff like that. Like we need to cut down on the second chance points. We need to get stops and, 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 and get those opportunities going the other way as much as we can right now. We need more possessions because we're not putting the ball in the basket at an efficient rate. Again, outside of a handful of guys, so you're going to need more possessions and stops if you're going to keep up with these teams that really can put the ball in the basket. You know, 25% from the three-point line tonight, again, just it's miserable. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yes. I need to ask you a question. I need to ask you, where was RJ Hampton tonight? Uh, that's another regrettable point. Yeah. I mean, Kevon Harris, 22 minutes tonight and RJ Hampton was a DNP CD or a did not play coach's decision. I don't know. I don't know if perhaps, I mean, if he was hurt, he would have been listed on the injury report, which he wasn't. We didn't hear anything about that. Like Kevon Harris is a a two-way guy, right? So he's only going to be with the roster a limited number of days this year. RJ Hampton, obviously still under contract with the magic, Kevon Harris is slightly better defensively than RJ Hampton, but is a complete like zero offensively right now. He's, he's not giving you anything tonight. 22 minutes, zero of three from the floor, three rebounds and, and one steal, two turnovers. RJ Hampton at least can be a secondary ball handler and, you know, shot 40% on catch and shoot threes last year. So for a team that desperately needs spacing right now and maybe a little bit more like dynamism, 
if did I say that correctly? I know I said that once before and completely botched it. I, I have no idea. I think it's dynamism. We're going to go with that. Just okay. give you something in terms of like transition. Give you another athlete that can run the floor. Like RJ I, Hampton is grown leaps and bounds compared to what we saw last year. And the fact that he's getting a DNP for Kavon Harris to me is crazy. I, I need to hear an explanation on that. Yeah, well, he obviously gets a, a DNP tonight. And against the Knicks, Jonathan, RJ Hampton played seven minutes against the Knicks, shot the ball one time, went 0 of 1. Um, and then against the Celtics, nine minutes, doesn't shoot a single shot, gets to the free throw line, I believe, um, has one point in that game. He hasn't played nearly as much as you would think RJ Hampton would play. Plays 16 minutes against the Hawks. And in the opener against the Pistons, while I'm here, I might as well just finish it off here, played 11 minutes. So he has been playing significantly less minutes here in the last Especially few with games. all the guards that we have out. It, it is truly ridiculous to me. And Cole uh, missed that first game. Right. So I don't know what's going on. RJ Hampton, you can quickly, like, if you want to be a box score watcher and you go look at his efficiencies, yes, it doesn't look great. 33% from the field. Um, but 50% from three, right? Like 0.5 attempts because he's playing 11 minutes a game right now. That was before tonight. So that's, he's playing less minutes on average now, um, than 11 minutes. Uh, basketball reference hasn't updated yet with that fifth game tonight, but it is just ridiculous that he's not even getting a look. This team stinks, Jonathan. Like this team is uh, awful, abysmal, atrocious. I'm watching the game tonight and I'm like, man, Thank goodness that I get to at least watch Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro play because none of these other guys besides Bull are any bit enjoyable right now. And it is ridiculous. Like I don't I don't under like I don't have words to honestly elaborate enough on like why a two-way player that is essentially doing the same thing like running the same thing that RJ Hampton is running. You see RJ Hampton with the ball in his hands when he's in the game. Uh, you know, bring it up the court. Same thing for Harris. I don't like, even think that's fair to RJ. I think RJ has a tighter handle. Yeah, well, right. But I'm saying like their role is virtually the same. Why can you not just give RJ some of those minutes? Like the fact that he gets a DMP, it just doesn't make sense. And especially when this team really would benefit from, you know, more shooting. I don't get it because I just saw like Harris do some have plays tonight where I'm like, I don't like you remember where we got to the point with MCW love MCW, but we got to the point with him where we were just like, you are great defensively and we love you there and your intensity and the passion you bring. But please, God, do not shoot the basketball when it comes to you just pass the ball right along. Make us look good with some ball movement, bud, and and move along. That's what I want to tell. Harris like what are we doing I, I don't understand and and it's just like it's never good when he puts the ball up I'm sorry but he it's not his fault like he's getting run but he is a G League player yeah I mean, th- we can talk about mostly I think for a couple of minutes here like first of all he's not been as bad as some people are are like trying to make him out to be but he's certainly not been perfect and there's some decisions to me that have just really been concerning so far like we talk about not making the adjustment on those you know, like those skip passes you know the the open corner threes. I don't want to 
hear, oh, it's middle of the game. You can't make you know adjustments to the scheme. Paolo, when you drop, instead of having you know two feet in the paint, just kind of slide over a little bit. You know, if you're if you're late helping at the rim, whatever. But these guys are killing us from the three point line. Like we're just giving Dean Wade open three point shooters. My my favorite D Wade, as a matter of fact, is is Dean Wade. <laughs> but like that's that's really concerning. The I think it's like three games in a row now sitting Franz and Paolo at the same exact time. To me, it feels like we need one of those guys on the floor basically at all times. I, maybe just like you want them to play together enough. That might not be completely possible, but sitting them together every single time just feels like too much. Yeah. Like You, you got to give us at least a couple, a, a few more minutes a game where one of these guys is on the floor because, again, without them, there's just literally nothing happening offensively. Yeah. Guys are trying to do too much. If we are getting open looks, guys still aren't making them. So like something something has to give. And then like the Kavon Harris thing, like what whatever is happening with with RJ Hampton is really weird. Um, you know, Mo Bamba and Chumo Kiki have been struggling and you know, Mosley and even Jeff Weltman talked about guys being more accountable this year, and Mo and Chuma have not been playing well, and I think we kind of saw that reflected in the rotation tonight. Mo plays seven minutes, Chuma plays five and a half minutes, but like if that's the case, like RJ Hampton played really well in preseason, showed massive improvements from just a couple of months ago when we saw him in Summer League. I don't get why he, he's not seeing, like seeing the floor at all to me is crazy when you know you're not going to have Kevon Harris the entire season. Yeah. It's not like you hey, have a healthy let's, guard Let's see some right Admiral now. Schofield. Like, yeah. we know that Admiral is going to come in and hustle. He's going to defend. He's going to rebound. Those are two of the most glaring weaknesses that we've seen through five games with the Magic. Let Admiral get any run. Like, you say that you're, like, looking and you're searching for, like, a lineup that works. Let's see Admiral Schofield. Like, we're already seeing Kevon Harris for 22 minutes. What's 12 minutes of Admiral Schofield going to do? Is it really going to hurt you that much? You're 0-5. Yeah. You have nothing to lose at this point. You're already losing. Let's yeah. let's switch some things up. Like, something has to change because you can, like, harp on accountability. And I know he is basically coaching with one arm tied behind his back right now with the amount of guys that we're losing. You probably can't keep guys as accountable as you would like because you just don't have the bodies. Right. But at some point, like, RJ has not been terrible when he's been on the floor. Has he been great? No. But it's not like he's going out there and, and turning the ball over, you know, five and six times. Like, let's let's switch some things up. Something's got to change. I don't I don't know what it is. I'm not an NBA coach. I don't have the answers. You don't have the answer, Sway. Maybe I shouldn't make a Kanye joke. That's probably a, a poor taste. <laughs> that dude is just really off his freaking rocker right now. And uh, yeah, but anyways, <laughs> this game just sucks. I'm just pissed, man. Like we're zero and five. This sucks. ESPN doesn't give us any respect. We lost a, a, like a, three or four of these games felt like we could have won these games. Uh, yeah, We just need guys back so badly. We'll talk about this. I don't know. Maybe the episode on Monday, because it feels like we're just ranting at this point. But people that are trying to make the case that getting guys back isn't going to make a difference. What games are you watching? That's that's my question. And also, you don't how think do you Markel, <laughs> Gary Harris, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Isaac coming back isn't going to make a difference. I don't know what sport you're watching. It, it's it's really, really confusing to me. So we're halfway through this four-game week here, Luke. 
you thought the Mavs were going to go uh, one and three on the week with you know picking up the win against Charlotte. So we play Charlotte on Friday at home, and then we hit the road again. This schedule just sucks. Sunday we play at Dallas to play the Mavs. I had us going two and two. I thought we were going to beat New York and, and Charlotte. You said we were going to beat Charlotte. Do you do you feel any differently about the the next two games here? Charlotte goes to the wire with the Knicks. I tonight um, they lose the game, but still same kind of scenario as us. Like went to MSG, um, but they took them to the brink. And so good on Charlotte playing without Lamelo, obviously, and we'll see. But I the reason I went one and three is Jonathan is. I just don't think like no matter how close this team gets with the amount of players injured and the amount of just like Kavon Harris is that we have to watch in the rotation. I just don't think this team can get it done. It is so hard. And I'm reminded every time we flip on the TV to watch these games, it is so hard to win an NBA game. It is ridiculous because every NBA team has a guy, you know, like has some guy that either is the guy every night for that team or they can just randomly drop, you know, 20 to 30 on your head without even needing to be the guy on a regular basis, especially when you're playing against the rotation and the guys that the Magic have going out here on the court every night. I just, I don't have a lot of faith that this team can win games. Obviously, we're 0-5. I don't think that's a crazy take. I just don't know. It is worrisome, Jonathan, because I, I genuinely... I'm not going into games thinking like we can like after we started the season 0 and 3, I was like, this team has a chance every night. And we said it, you said it. This team has a chance every night because Paolo Bancaro is on the floor. Paolo drops 29 tonight. And I had no faith down the stretch that this team was going to pull that game out, even when they were up with See, five I, minutes. I felt di- I felt a little bit differently. Like when we when we started to close the gap into the, the last few minutes when it was, you know, four minutes and it was a five point game, like to me, you're an NBA team. All it takes is a turnover, a stop, a basket, and a three, and it's a tie game. And then, like last couple of minutes, anything can happen. I told, I get what you're saying. Like you, you just feel like you're outmanned and, and outgunned. And as good as Paolo's been, and as good as Franz has been, like tonight, especially in the fourth quarter, we just needed anybody else to do anything, and nobody did. Yeah. And that's super concerning. Yeah, I mean, you're watching, dude. You're, I mean, <laughs> Yes, we have Paolo, we have Franz, but the other side of the court, I'm looking at Donovan Mitchell. I'm looking at Jarrett Allen, who has been dominating just the boards. He dunks all over Bull Bull, and like they they looked like we we made them like there was points where I was like this this looks like they're an all star team, and we're just incapable. It truly feels that way for me right now. Maybe and yes, I am obviously very much one way or the other and i'm all the way that way or all the way this way but it does feel like i've never heard a more accurate description of luke sylvia in my life but regardless that's how i feel with this team this team is oh in five this team has played some unfortunate opponents here early you're on the road a lot the team is young you're injured the there's just not a lot of like factors to success. Like this team is not being set up to, for success right now. And that is why it is so easy for me to believe that the magic dropped these next two games and the magic. We're looking at them being Owen, you know, Owen seven. So, and then at what point, like, dude, you're racking up the losses in the next month. 
oh, look, our guys are healthy. But like, I don't know. At that point, what's your record? And is it even worth it to like throw these guys out there except for on these ridiculous minute restrictions for the rest of this year where they don't play back to backs? There's just such a harsh reality that I think could hit the magic in the next month. I don't know that I, I agree with that. I mean, like you're right. There's there's a point where all of a sudden it's like, man, this is a, a massive mountain that we have to climb if we want to be like competitive whatsoever in the East playing tournament. Like J.I. to me is the only guy that you can really justify having a ridiculous minutes restriction when he comes back. Like Markel should not have a minutes restriction when he comes back. No. Jalen Suggs should not. Gary Harris maybe, but it, it shouldn't be like anything like close to what we saw from like Markel last year. J.I. I, I agree with. And certain questions that I have and like the way the team is performing so far, I can't help but these kind of thoughts that creep in. It's like, all right, I know we weren't necessarily selling out to win games this year, but is the number one goal still development? Because last year it was it was development all the way. Like there wasn't right. any like you know winning games and blah blah. It was just development. And this year it felt like the goal was to at least be somewhat competitive. I I just Jeff and John were there to see Victor Wembanyama versus Scoot Henderson. Did they see that and were like, screw this season? Like we'll we'll yeah. do it one more year. We'll get another stud and then we'll really be able to compete. Because I can't argue with that. Okay. The Magic are still somewhat devoid of talent and talent that you can really like depend on. Like looking at Jonathan Isaac, if he comes back and he's amazing, that's incredible. But we just don't know. Markel Fultz in you know the last two seasons so far has played like eighteen games. We haven't seen him so far to start this season. Jalen Suggs is a guy who you know played forty eight games last year. And now, so far to start this season, has already missed three out of the five games. So, I'm not going to say sit here and say, "Oh, you know, if you do have a realistic chance of of getting one of those guys and adding them to this team, obviously it takes you up a whole nother level." But yeah. I just maybe maybe I was a fool, maybe mm-hmm. I was maybe I was an idiot, maybe I just mm-hmm. I could I didn't want to let myself believe it, Luke, that we yeah. were going to tank away one more season, and maybe we get to a point in the next several weeks here where that becomes the case, but I'm, I'm not quite there yet. And I know that I've told you this and, and Kevin was there with me, but after the loss in Atlanta, Jeff Weltman was pissed. Mm-hmm. He was not happy. Like he, he looked visibly frustrated at that loss heading back to the locker room after the game. So I am just choosing to believe that he really still wants to that win was, games. That was and, so long ago. That was so long ago. It was so a week ago, ago. Yeah. Yeah, we've racked up some losses since then. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, there's not much else to say. We can speculate all we want, which is what we do a lot of on the show. We're fans just like you guys. We want answers. We also want to complain. We can't always be the super incredibly positive voice. Um, I We're definitely not being that tonight. And uh, we, we understand the frustration. Uh, and we want, also want answers. And it just... But most of all, we want a healthy team. I that is the part that bugs me the most. We we can wrap up here, Jonathan. But like that is the part that bugs me the most. What does this team look like fully healthy? We're definitely not zero and five. I'm not watching Kevon Kevon Harris play crazy minutes. Uh, I'm. It's just I don't know, man. I don't know. 
it feels crazy, but it it just like it's been you know basically four seasons of this. Like we we I don't feel like we'll we're, we'll ever be healthy. Logic says that eventually we will be, but to me, it just it's been part of our reality for so long now that I just don't feel like anything else is is really possible. I didn't give my prediction. I still think we win Friday against yeah. Charlotte. Like, are you going to match the worst start in franchise history? Like, especially if LaMelo Ball doesn't play, which right. I, I don't know if we've gotten any news that he's getting super close to that. I just have to believe that at home, you know, you, it, you're you not playing second night of a back-to-back. You took Boston to the brink last yeah. Friday or last Saturday. And you just have a bunch of guys who are competitors on this team who are capable mm-hmm. and they just need to step up and play well and, and get us to a win. I, I don't I don't know how I, I, I'm not going to tell them exactly how they need to do that, but they just need to get it done. Honestly, like your professionals. This is a team that you can beat the start of the season, especially without LaMelo. We might have said like they should beat this team and you just have to find a way to not go. Oh, and six. You got to. Dig down deep, find that competitive fire and that pride, and you have to get a win at home. And then you lose on Sunday to Dallas. But I'm going to say that we still win that one that game, and that would uh, give you the win on the week in terms of projections. And I'm I'll sell my soul for that right now. I don't care. (laughs) I I don't care. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, well, it's going to be really crazy when we go 77 and five, Luke. That's all I got to say. That is, that's a fact. That's a yeah, fact. Going to be we really, really crazy. Get the Hornets, and then we beat you know Luka Doncic, everybody, and Dallas, and then everybody else in the league can get it. Dear God, just <laughs> I just don't. I really don't know that I can do an entire season again, like the last two seasons. I don't know that I. I don't know that I have it in me. Mm. But yeah, like I'm the gonna... Magic need to do on Friday, I'm going to dig down deep and just find a way. Find a way. Find a way. Just find a way to win. That's all we ask. We don't ask for too much. Just find a freaking way to win. But I think that's going to do it for us. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys have been listening to The Sixth Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Red!